Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee-Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Welcome to our newest edition of From the Runway Up. Today, we're going to be talking about military operations at McGee Tyson Airport and have a special guest with us today. Yes, so for those of you that aren't familiar with McGee Tyson Airport's property, we actually share a runway with the Tennessee Air National Guard and the 134th Air Refueling Wing. So we took the afternoon off to kind of cruise over the runway and talk to our uh, fellow airport tenant and and discuss some of the things that they do. They have an amazing mission, and they do a lot more than you think. They are. They are really a hidden gem over there, and um, we'll talk a little bit um, about their mission and the economic impact they have for our region is just incredible. Yeah. So today's guest is Colonel Hartley. So Colonel Hartley is the commander of the 134th Air Refueling Wing over here at the Tennessee Air National Guard. He is a Knoxville native and graduated from Doyle High School in 1987 when it was Doyle High School. Yes, before it was South Doyle High yes. School. Um, and he received a congressional appointment to the U.S. Air Force Academy. And now he is the wing commander of the 134th Air Refueling Wing. Well, thank you for joining us today. If you don't mind uh, letting our listeners know, tell us about yourself, your rank, and maybe a little bit of history about your involvement with the 134th. Okay, great. First of all, thanks for coming and and allowing me the opportunity to to share with you today. I'm Colonel Lee Hartley. Uh, I'm the wing commander here at McGee Tyson at the 134th Air Refueling Wing. I've been a part of the wing, I was going to say not as long as some, but I'm starting to be the one that's longest in the tooth around here, but since 1997. Before that, I had some time on active duty. I'm a Knoxville native, graduated Doyle High School back before it became South Doyle, but Doyle High School in 1987. Spent uh, four years at the United States Air Force Academy, graduated there in 1991, and about another six and a half or so years on active duty, and then ended up back home. And one of the things that's really great about the Guard is a lot of people talk about mission and team and so forth, and we're all of those things, but we're also family. So friends of the family from, from way back were members of the wing at the time, and they said, hey, you know, if you've got opportunity, come out and talk to us. And so I won't say the rest is history, but it <laughs> certainly began the rest of the history. That yeah, kind of thing. and look at you now. You're yeah. in charge of the entire wing. We call that Miracle on 134th Street, (laughs) (laughs) the Hartley edition. It's been a great, great experience all the way around. And I tell everybody, I have the best colonel job in the Air Force, Reserve, active duty, you name it, in the world, really, to be able to sit right here and uh, work with the great Tennesseans, great Americans all the way around. And so it's really been a, a great opportunity and a great blessing. So how long have you been commander? So I'm going on about a year and a half, and really, that's been a lot of fun, and at the same time, a large challenge. There's a lot of things that go on here on a daily basis, but nonetheless, it's a busy time. And one of the things that's very interesting from the perspective, the reason that you're on with us is that we actually share an airport together. So how unique is it to have a military component with a commercial air service airport? 
So in the guard, it's absolutely one of the strengths, and there's not a better example of that than here in Knoxville. But throughout the 54 states and territories, most of the uh, Air National Guard facilities reside, especially the flying missions, reside on next to near share a lease with lease from uh, the airport authority that it's with. And so mm. quite honestly, when you when you think about it from a, a taxpayer uh, perspective, it's a bargain. It's a great partnership. And what I would say specific to here at McGee Tyson in Knoxville is the relationship through the years, I think, is, is as strong as it is anywhere. In fact, uh, many times partnership that we have with the airport is the envy of certainly a lot of my counterparts throughout well, and it's a real pleasure to work with you all, too. Very, very dynamic mm-hmm. in a relationship between our staff at the airport and the executive staff over here. So we appreciate your support and how well you work with us on things all aviation. And that's one of the things. Again, it's one of those unique things that's maybe in the guard and probably to the reserves to some extent as well. But it's a, a great win uh, all the way around. Well, and for our listeners, they might be a little bit more familiar with the civilian side or with what goes on over at Mickey Tyson Airport. So can you give them kind of a rundown of what goes on on the other side? Okay, so when you walk through and clear security at McGee Tyson, you may look across and see TN Air Guard on the other side on the hangar yep, yeah. and, and wonder what it is that we do. So we have 10 KC-135R air refueling aircraft here. And Just like it says on the marquee, our mission is air refueling in the wing. Now, we are the host unit, and there are several other entities that reside on this side of McGee-Tyson, but specifically the wing itself is about 1,000 folks, and it's all kind of based around how many aircraft are assigned here. And generally speaking, about a third, roughly, uh, of those folks are here full-time. So when you think about it, you can go, okay, they're guard that's one week in a month, two weeks out of the year. There's also a full-time staff here that's required to make sure that everybody's ready to be trained and the readiness levels are kept where they need to be. Well, and if someone is interested, obviously you do a lot of recruitment and to bring those people in. And as the volunteer state, I know that we don't have any problems with that because people volunteer all the time, I'm sure. But if listeners want to learn more about being involved in your mission, how do they do that? So you can go onto the website. There'll be a lot of links anecdotes of what we do on, on a regular basis and, and where our folks are, what they're into, uh, not only uh, for the state and the governor and our state mission as far as disaster response and whatever the governor might need on a contingency basis kind of thing within the state, but also uh, those missions and those those skill sets that we take for our federal mission. So you can do that. And then uh, obviously we'd love to have people out. You know, we have recruiters right here on site. And so they'd love to talk to anybody that's interested. Well, I know one of the things that when I first started at the airport and learned about the 134th, I thought it was so interesting. I've never thought about it that the air refueling happens in the air. You know, like <laughs> it's a flying gas station. Yeah, refueling air. Yeah, you're. It's a flying gas station. Yeah. So, can you talk a little bit about how that works and a little bit more about the KC-135R that you mentioned? Love to. Not to oversimplify it, but that's really the the mm-hmm. mission of the wing itself is to take gasoline out of the, or jet fuel out of the tanks down here at one end of the, the base, put it in the aircraft and, and take it airborne. And, and what you can do with that, if you, if you can imagine if you're on a car trip somewhere, let's say it's time to go to Disney World. If you weren't limited to where you had to stop and could go straight through, there's a lot of things that you could skip and avoid if something just pulled up beside of you and put gas in your car. Similarly speaking, there's a lot of infrastructure and time compression that you can do for our Air Force platforms that are out there that may need it. So in some ways, and it it multiplies itself. So if you're talking about projecting force, but 
when it's all said and done, for the aircraft that we put fuel into that are big airplanes that take beans, boots, and bullets further downrange to whatever they may need to do, or you extend the loiter time of the combat aircraft that are over the battle space. And so you're providing a, a presence there. So Air Mobility Command, which is the command that we belong to for the active duty, is global reach, global power. And so not only is it compress the time that it takes to get from point A to point B, but it also extends the time that you can you can be over a particular spot. So yeah. I, I don't want to oversimplify it, or, but that's uh, roughly that's what it's about when it's all said and done. And you can do different types of aircraft. So one of the examples that I was given when I started coming <laughs> over here to visit is that, you know, you can't think of these fighter jets, the F-16s, F-18s. They can't get all the way across the pond to even go over to Britain if we needed to do anything like that. So without you, we don't have the reach that we need to with some of the aircraft that we need to. And so right. are there limitations to what you can do or what, I mean, can you really refuel about anything? Most of the, and I will say there are very few exceptions, but most of the certainly Air Force aircraft that are major weapon systems, and you mentioned several, uh, everything from the, from the fighter aircraft to bomber aircraft, reconnaissance aircraft, as well as the cargo lifting aircraft as well, all of those are manufactured or designed to have a refueling receptacle. And so after that, it's just the idea of being able to connect between the two. Many of the coalition, the United States partners, also have that capability. So you can refuel not only Air Force, but also international aircraft, depending on the scenario or the situation. It's amazing. It really is. It's just, it's unfathomable. You don't think about what goes into providing that presence all over the world. And the other thing that you all do is you provide humanitarian relief and you are doing a lot of good things for people. And I love sharing those stories. Do you mind sharing some of your favorite? No. So one of the things, and and a lot of that uh, has to do with domestic operations that we do or the support. Most of the time it comes into state mission, but it certainly can expand. There are several different aspects, but for the state, the, interestingly enough, uh, if you think about the requirements that it takes to logistically support a mission of this size require the support functions, and you can think of everything from communications, security, logistics, fuel, and so forth. Those functions also dovetail very nicely into the requirements that it may to respond to a disaster. Think field kitchen or being able to feed hundreds or thousands of people. Those skill sets also reside in our support functions. And so depending on, again, the scenario that unfolds, the hurricane in Puerto Rico, we sent several folks down there, not only for accountability, but also to be able to feed and account for those that were down actually doing some of the rescue operations and so forth. So that's one example. The fires in Gatlinburg, some of our communications folks went up and helped reestablish some of the emergency communication infrastructure, not only to restore that, but to help tie those into the emergency responders that were out, still trying to do the rescue and the recovery operations in Gatlinburg. Debris clearance, our civil engineers, after the tornadoes a few years ago, I think, about the same time as the fire in Gatlinburg, but also in Polk County, there was a, a tornado that came through that there were trees and, and a lot of uh, things that were down, and so our debris clearance team went down and, and cleared the trees out so that emergency responders can get back into doing their job. So those are the, the capabilities that reside 
certainly within the guard, but right here in, if you're East Tennessee and right in your own backyard yeah, kind of thing. And that's a real, that's a real privilege. Maybe on a federal side, something that comes to mind is a few years back, it was the night before uh, and we were flying and I got a phone call from Air Mobility Command and they said, hey, there's a distressed ship out in the Atlantic Ocean and we have a rescue operation underway, but the aircraft that's going out there needs to be refueled. And so that was one of the ways where we could retask in a fairly short order. Those are kind of some of the things that you get to be a part of. And, and, and just, you know, year after year, they begin to stack up. And so when it's all said and done, you look back and, man, there's, there's been a lot of great things that, that you've been able to be a part of. Well, and it makes a difference not just for you, but for the people that you're helping do. You know, there are some of the missions that we have also in the KC-135 as an aeromedical mission. Usually we use that in federal service, although there have probably been times that it's been called upon to be used in, in domestic response. But one of the more rewarding missions I've done has been an aeromedical uh, evacuation mission where you're taking people that are severely injured and getting them out of harm's way and into a place of refuge. When you take somebody and you've been able to be a part of what was the worst, probably the worst day in their life, and get them to a spot where they can begin healing and recovery, there's a pretty high, certainly from a personal standpoint, there was, there was a pretty high level of, of personal satisfaction that you've done something good. That's great. So you mentioned that there are a thousand people that work here at the 134th. Can you talk a little bit about what that means for the economic impact for our community? So the latest 2019 numbers that we have, and, and of course these vary, uh, fluctuate from year to year, mostly depending on what kind of construction projects that we do. But for 2019, it was $4.7 million per week, uh, which roughly $20.5 million per month or $246 uh, in the year. And that's wow. salaries, construction projects, long-term contracts, and so forth. Oh, that's amazing impact. We feel like that's significant. Yeah, I uh, do too. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of one of those unwritten things that maybe sometimes goes underneath the, the radar, but it, it's certainly, uh, I think, a benefit for the community. Absolutely. And a lot of those things are partnerships that we've been able to do with the airport. The one that's uh, that comes to my mind is the uh, runway extension that's mm-hmm. going yeah. on. That's one that not only helps us as a wing as far as capabilities and mission go, but I, I believe that also helps the airport and, and what it can support and the aircraft that can take in hopefully some of the services that are that are available as a result of that to the citizens of East Tennessee. Oh, yes. And if you're an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard about the runway. That Just we've a few times. <laughs> yeah. It seems to pop up in so many ways because it does just really have a big impact on the people who are tenants or who use the airport frequently to be able to improve their experience here. So mm-hmm. I'm glad to see it's also helping the 134. That's a huge help, quite honestly. And one of the things that it allows us to do is kind of look forward to, as time continues and the Air Force decides how it's going to replace mission sets, one of the things that they will still need is air refueling. And so as new aircraft become available to the Air Force some of the things like that, per se, and then, of course, the uh, $30 million hangar that we just broke ground on this past fall yeah. uh, are some of those strategic kind of initiatives that we look at here that not only help us out right now with what we do, but also provide an advantageous cost setting when it's time to place missions or replace aircraft, depending on how it is. So the idea being that hopefully you have a presence, a guard presence here at McGee Tyson for the foreseeable future. Yeah. So uh, what do you see on the horizon for your operation? Well, as I mentioned, the uh, certainly air refueling requirements will not go away. Uh, right now, it's as busy as it's ever been, and I don't anticipate that to ever, at least certainly not within the 
you know, the foreseeable future, say 5, 10, 15 years, that's probably not going to change. What will change, uh, I think, are the aircraft that do this. So the, the Air Force is currently purchasing KC-46 aircraft, which is a Boeing 767 variant. And so as the Air Force purchases those, they'll have to decide where it is that they want them. And so one of the things that we certainly believe that we're a great consideration for that as time goes by. Love to see that here. Time frame, you know, that's yeah. that's that's more that's more DOD and Air Force level stuff uh, yeah. that, that I'm just not really going to be able to predict that. But sure. but that's certainly one thing. You know, there are several other things that that go on. Whether uh, whether we're part of the Space Force, Chief of the National Guard Bureau has has advocated that the Guard is considered as an integral part of the Space Force. So maybe that ends up here at Mickey Tyson too. The one thing that, that I know that is, is true is that regardless of what mission set ends up here, there's not a better place for it to be. And I think one of the things that everybody listening would agree is that we live in an amazing place with some of the best people in the world and, quite honestly, some of the most patriotic that I've ever met. And so regardless of what it is that you do here, I know that the volunteers of the state of Tennessee are <laughs> going to step up and be a part of it kind of thing. So yes. it's a great thing. Yes. Well, you know, future episodes years down the road, I'd love to talk about a spaceport or a space operation. Yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. It's amazing what's continuing to evolve in aviation these days. Things that you would never think that you'd be talking about you are. So that's interesting. And speaking of the future, for our local listeners, they might have this question. What about another air show? Is that something that is in the future for Mickey Tyson? So I will absolutely say that when we can find the right time that's agreeable to, let's say, construction projects, our operational tempo, availability, and all that, we definitely want to be a part of that. The one that we did just a couple of years ago was great experience. I think a tremendous opportunity just for our, our local community to see what it is in aviation that goes on around here. And so, quite honestly, for the participants that came to that, all of them that I talked to and the performers as well had just a, a tremendous time with the hospitality that they received here in, in East Tennessee and specifically uh, on McGee Tyson itself. So, and that was another great example of the partnership between the wing and the airport and, of course, all the others that came through, but specifically those two. Uh, our two entities that were able to kind of help facilitate all that. So it was a great experience. Love to do it again. Okay. Absolutely love to do it again. So as soon as we can all get on the right time frame and, and figure it out, I, I, and I hope that's not too far down the road. Yeah. Isn't it crazy that it's already been four years? Yeah, it really has been. That's right. But, you know, one of the things that I take away from it is it's not just about showing people up close and personal about aviation. It's about the smile on the veterans' face when they come out to watch it and they get to reminisce about their times, possibly even with the Air National Guard, or the kids that come up and they smile because they're getting to climb through an airplane because people just don't have access to that as much as they used to. So there's a lot of benefits, not just to us as professionals who love aviation and just totally geek out Mm -hmm. when it gets here, but also to the people who just want to be up close to aviation. It's still just a miracle. You know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful thing to say. To bring the the conversation back to something you asked me at the beginning, one of my first remembrances of what it is about an airplane that's intriguing was I was on a vacation with my parents and we were in Fort Worth at Carswell Air Force Base that was kind of out west of Fort Worth at the time, there was an air show. And that's probably one of the, my earliest remembrances 
uh, of seeing airplanes and lots of loud noises and fast. And yeah. it was great. It was great mm-hmm. as a kid. And look know. where it led you. Yeah. And being in charge here, of the one thing. And here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe next air show we'll host the next commander. You yeah. Never That's know. right. You may. We yeah. can only hope. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that you'd like our listeners to take away from today's conversation? I don't get a chance often enough to say thanks for the support. We've been able to be a part of some of the things in the community. The two big things that we do right now are Santa Cops right around early December with uh, Children's Hospital. And, and we spend a day delivering toys over there. And that's a great thing to do. It's a tremendous opportunity for us to, to kind of give back. And that's a wing and sometimes even a, a base level, installation level effort as far as throughout the year raising money for that. And then uh, also this past summer, we did our first Pilot for a Day yeah. program and also in partnership with East Tennessee Children's Hospital. And so what a great time that was. And it's just a way for us to give back and say thanks. So I just want to say thanks to the community for all the support that they give our members. There's not a day goes by or a time that I'm out and about that somebody doesn't walk up and say, thanks for your service or offer to buy lunch or, or something like that. And and that's a common occurrence, not just for me, but for, for anybody. So I'm really appreciative of that. Well, thank you for joining us today. It's great to be a part. Thanks for having me. And hopefully we'll do it again sometime. Yeah. To talk about the spaceport. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's always fun taking a field trip over here to the Tennessee Air National Guard base and talking with Colonel Hartley, being reminded of all the things that go on over here at the air base. Well, and it's just continuing that relationship that we have with them and hopefully will lead to good things like an air show or something in our future. But, you know, we're very lucky to have a facility that has such wonderful people on it, like the 134th and and the soldiers that give so much of their time in a volunteer capacity to protect our nation. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of From the Runway Up. We hope that we gave you some behind-the-scenes access to what goes on at airports across the United States and here at McGee Tyson Airport. More importantly, show us that love and give us some ratings and reviews and let us know what you would like for us to dive into in the future. And also make sure you subscribe so that you know when our next episodes will be coming out because we have some great things planned for this next year. 